Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at the Eisner-nominated MultiversityComics.com. Every week we take about 15 minutes to check out books hitting the shelves on Wednesday that we're most looking forward to. We also have long-form discussions about books we're excited for, both old and new. These episodes have included works like Jaime Hernandez's Love Bunglers and Katsuhiro Otomo's epic Akira. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the people we've had on the show have been Tom Scioli, Paul Pope, Leila Del Duca, and John Workman. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comics-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Frederick Pieters. Um His latest work is Ama from uh, Self-Made Hero, as well as Sandcastle and Pachyderm from Self-Made Hero, and Coma from Humanoids, and um, the very much loved uh, Blue Pills, which came out, I guess, about six years ago in English? I don't remember. Um, thank you for joining me today, Frederick. Um, My pleasure. Now, you're in Geneva? Yeah, Switzerland. N- Switzerland. Um, now, grow- I don't know a lot about your kind of background, um, and I'm curious, like, uh, what you were into growing up um, as far as comics and art and kind of what made you want to start drawing. Um... Um, it all started with uh, Tintin, in fact. It's my main uh, influence when I was a kid. And then um, uh, it all changed when I was a teenager, you know, and I discovered all the rest. The, the rest of the French classic comics and, of course, American and Japanese. Um, but at the beginning, it was Tintin. That... It, it might explain what, why um, I have a very classic, um, there's a classic side to my work. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if there was any kind of manga influence in your work. Yeah, of course, of course. But because you, you, can, you cannot avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm the exact first... Um, Generation in in France or Switch or Europe in general, um, who discovered the manga with the first um, Akira, of course, the beginning of the, the 90s. So yeah, yeah, of course, it's a big part of my influence. I w- when I was reading all your work, I saw like some work you could feel it more than others coming through like coma felt um kind of like you were taking more manga for the way you're telling that story yeah i always try to, uh, to adapt it it always depends on the um, on the story and then i adapt the graphic style to the the story that's part of the of the fun um <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't get stuck with the same thing yeah now, when did you, uh, what kind of work were you doing starting out doing comics? Uh, it started when I was a kid. Um, I al- I've always been drawing stories, you know. Even when I was seven years old, I was um, already talking about my life, as far as, far as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking about my, my kid's life when I was a kid. Um, and I always um, try to mix it with some uh, big adventures. So yeah, it started like um, like any kid, and then uh, um, we made a lot of fanzines with uh, some friends, and then we we founded a publishing house, our own publishing house. Because uh, in the middle of the 90s, uh, there was a famous publishing house in France called L'Association. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we thought that it would be, would be interesting to do the same thing in, in Geneva. Um, so when it was like the yeah, end of 90s, something like that, we founded a publishing house called Atrabile. 
and then um, yeah, it started like this. I never, I, I never stopped drawing and telling stories. In fact, since I was um, seven. <laughs> oh wow! Did you go to art school at all? No. 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 Um. I have a, I have a degree in in something that is called uh, visual communication, of communication visuelle en français. It's, uh, but it's it's centered on on business and marketing and totally uninteresting things. Um, and I didn't touch any pencils for three years. So it's not what you can call an art school. It's like a graphic design. Yeah, more like graphic design, but but it's, it's more centered on communication more than graphic design. Okay. It was the beginning of internet and so it was all around this, but it was not my my interest. But it was it was useful because I met some people and uh, and I have a I have a paper <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you know. But you've been able to stick with doing comics for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, when it, when it was over, when the school was over, um, I left and I traveled for one year, and then I. I worked um, at the airport carrying luggage, you know, for four years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to uh, to have a free mind, and the rest of the time I, w I was drawing all the time. Now, d were you doing mostly autobiographical work when you were kind of in that point, younger in your twenties? Um, not precisely. It was. It was not autobiography. It was centered about um, um, common life and everyday life. It was uh, inspired by by many Americans, in fact, people like Joe Matt or Chester Brown. But it was not. It was less auto autobiography than what they did. Um, it, it started with the uh, Blue Pills, but Blue Pills were, Blue Pills is pure autobiography. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was an accident. It was not supposed to be a book. Uh, it was supposed to be just an, an experiment, uh, an exercice de style, uh, just for myself. And um, it ended with a with a book. But it was it was not the, the the first. It was not the purpose. Yeah. Now I was reading um, so, some interviews you'd done. And one of the things you talked about with the with blue pills is the the part about how how it's a love story, and I'm curious about um, because you started that pretty early in your relationship. It's if if I'm kind of getting it right, and I'm wondering <laughs> how if you knew really quickly early on that this person was like the important person of your life, and how that influenced doing that story. Uh, you know, I, 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 I wrote it and drew it w um, just one year after, after meeting her, so I, it was not obvious at, I at that time that it would be the, the, the mother of my child. <laughs> it, it was just, I wanted to do something, uh, I wanted to draw fast, uh, do something very quick and f um, full of life. Um, it, there's no... There's no pencil. Uh, it's directly inked, you know, mm -hmm. and th there's no story. I didn't write anything before, so it was more than autobiography. It's improvisation that was interesting to me. Uh, doing something uh, without going back, you know, just uh, automatic writing, something like this, and I. I used what was uh, the closest to me, so I, I was in this love story at that time. So I just talked about it. I, I took it like a, like the the subject, but it was not. It was an experiment, as I said, and and mm -hmm. and it was so fluent and so um, uh, nice to do. In fact, uh, that it it happened to end as a book. <laughs> It, one of the neat things about it is it seems like it's very kind of um, freeing work. Like like what? 
freeing, like you're able to just kind of let yourself go. Yeah. In that work, and so I'm curious, like, you talk about how it's improvisational. Was it also kind of um, observant too, like just doing it as things were happening in your life, kind of yeah. processing that in a way? Yeah, um, it took me three months, and I had the. Uh, now that I think about it, and think back, think back of, uh, about it, it, it just um, I have the feeling of. It was like uh, transforming into a um, photocopying machine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just taking real life and, and, and put it on paper. Uh, it was, uh, um, yeah, uh, violent in a way, but, um, but yes, yeah, freeing. You could, you, could, you could say something like that. Or uh, catharsis, you say this in English, catharsis, yeah? Like when you transform okay. um, uh, complex emotions yeah. that you that you, you 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 don't really understand, but you put them on paper, and so you can just handle them, you know. Um, you talk about kind of like in the story about how to tell the story. So I'm curious, like, um, it was improv improvisational. Um, yeah. Were there parts where you kind of tried that didn't work and you had to redo, or no. did you just kind of? No, there, there, there was a there was a rule at the beginning of Blue Pills because it was not a book in my mind. So uh, there, there were two rules. The first rule is uh, never go back. So if it's not good, it's not good. And the second one was um, no pencil. So uh, yeah. It's just uh, like jumping from a plane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was not important because it was supposed to be only between me and me, so uh, it was not a real risk. Now, have you tried doing other work like that um, as um, improvisational? Yeah, in the writing, yeah, um, all of the books, in fact, except okay. when except when I'm working with someone. Of course, Sam Castle is written by. Oscar Levy, so I had a, a script, like a movie script, or it was, um, I just had to draw it, except that I, um, I got rid of the, of the end, because at the end of the script, uh, there was an explanation about the mystery, and I wanted to get rid of this, because uh, I thought it was more interesting in um, taking it like a, like a, a, a tale, um, a fairy tale, a black fairy tale more than a science fiction story. And, um, but when I'm working alone, when I'm writing my own books, it, it's always like this. It's, uh, I never write before. I write while I'm drawing it. Um, but it's different because uh, um, all of the books except Blue Pills, um, I allow myself to, of course, uh, redo things, rewrite, redraw, and of course, I use pencils, and it's more um, a classic process. But except the fact that I I don't write a story before, I just imagine it. I take some notes. Um, I make some plans, uh, things like that. But I don't write it before. I just go like this, and that's why uh, many of the books begin with. Uh, um, abstract images, like in Blue Pills, or um, it begins with the the, the character uh, waking up, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm I'm just waking up like like the character does, or yeah, it gives it's probably the the explanation of the, that uh, dreamlike feeling that or surreal uh, feeling that there is to the, my books, probably. Is part of that um, not preparing too much is kind of unraveling the mystery for yourself? Yeah, of course. It's a way of not uh, being bored. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like, because, uh, you know, work like uh, AMA, it's like uh, four years of work. So if everything is, um, if the story is closed, you know, if it's uh, if it's already there, in fact, and uh, if I just have to draw it for four years, it's going to be a real bore. Uh, I have to I have to 
surprise myself, and I have to be able to, you know, um, the goal is not to be comfortable. The goal is always to be awake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does it take you in uh, uncomfortable territory? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, um, and sometimes also I, I, I understand what I did after <laughs> after it's been done. So when I reread it, read it again, uh, I discover things that uh, was unconscious in a way. And um, yeah, I like to use. You know, it all it all comes from um, Moebius because, in fact, we talk. I talked about Tintin at the beginning, and then American underground comics and Japanese, etc. But I forgot to talk about Moebius when I was um, with Jean Giraud. Maybe you know Jean Giraud oh, better familiar. than Moebius. Oh, I'm familiar with both. <laughs> okay, and um, I discovered this when I was uh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16, and I discovered. Um, Metal Hurlant uh, magazine. So mm -hmm. it all started uh, with uh, the works he did in the 70s when he used a lot of improvisation and, and drugs and nightmares, real nightmares and things like that. And he was working all this like a... Yeah, it became to me a form of real art. And it's very close to a kind of poetry, in fact. Um, so that's the, the feeling I want to use, and, and sometimes you have to um, go deep inside yourself and use uncomfortable feeling or or danger dangerous uh, things like um, the love between the um, a father and his daughter, for instance. There's very strange and complex and sometimes um, taboo things. You know, mm -hmm. and I like to go around those feelings. Wasn't um, the Herm uh, airtight garage or garage hermetique uh, that was done like improvised? You know, like he would just draw that page right in black, right, right in ink. The who? The Mobius's um, airtight garage, the garage hermetique. Oh, the garage hermetique. Yeah, of yeah. course. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know the title in French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, of course. That's that's the main. That's the that's the core of the of this period, the, the garage hermetique. But the, there there are a lot of pages that have uh, haven't been published in, in in English probably because he he did a lot of just uh, very short stories or of one or two pages, and you can only find them in the in the magazines. And when I was a teenager, someone gave me the entire. Uh, collections of Metal Hurlant. Oh, geez. The entire collection of uh, from 74 to 78 or something like that. The best period. Yeah. And um, so there, there was not only Mobius, in fact. There were, there were all the texts in, inside the, the magazines and different authors like uh, Bilal and Druyet and all those people who probably changed the world of comics in a way. Yeah. Um, and influenced um, cinema and and everyone, in fact, pop culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could just see uh, being a teenager inhaling that, that yeah. stuff. Um, do you still find uh, some of those other influences coming through? Like you say, Bilal, Droulet, um Do you find a way that they filter through into your own work, or? Um. I have to admit I was more uh, moved by Moebius' work. <laughs> yeah, there is something um, a bit, uh, there is uh, something military to me in Druyet's work. <laughs> there is something um, close to fascism, you know. It's very interesting, but uh, I, was m I was more moved by this... Um, uh, positive way of seeing things uh, in Moebius' work. Were you at all into the Blueberry stuff, or just the the more personal work? Not, not really. Uh, I mean, um, of course, I, I I read them, or or at least I looked at, at them because the 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 art is amazing. Mm -hmm. 
but no, no, I was uh, Western. I'm not a big fan of Western in comics. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Western in cinema, but I'm, sometimes uh, um, I'm a bit, um, I don't know, I think it, it doesn't work. No. It's better, you, you need some scale and some space to do real Western, I think. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but from understand, uh, he read Pachyderm and just offered to do an introduction to it for you? No, no, the, the, oh, okay. the, the, the beginning of the book, it was, uh, well, the text at the beginning, it was originally made for um, a French magazine, oh, okay. a French comics magazine, and there, there is um, um, one section in this magazine where they ask um, an, an, an author to talk about a book he loved and he's totally free to choose any book uh, of course it, it's supposed to be a, a comic uh, a graphic novel or whatever you call it but um, and that was a surprise when they asked him I, I never met him uh, I had the occasion a few times and I always refused in fact <laughs> <laughs> because it was too uh, yeah Sometimes, some people it's better not to meet them. That's that. That's what I thought. It was a mistake, I think, especially when I read the text. And and he died very very shortly after a few months or oh, one wow. year or something like that. So I never met him. Um, yeah, and then a few weeks after, it was my turn to choose a book and write uh, um, an article about the book I chose. So. It's like this. It, it was for a magazine, and then the, the 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 English publisher just took the text. <laughs> yeah, I mean they asked. They yeah. asked the magazine, of course. <laughs> yeah. What book did you choose to review? Uh, Love and Rockets. Okay. Any particular yeah. era? Uh, no, it was a, it was a, a, a very thick book, uh, a French anthology. You know, it's a it's a big mess in France to it, it has been translated in in slices and it's all mixed up. And it's probably a mess even in English, no? <laughs> <laughs> For a I while it was. They yeah. they've they've made proper books now that you can follow each brother yeah. along the way. So Yeah, it's very complex. Anyway, it's it's not very known in France and I think um their their work um, is uh, absolutely amazing, so I just took this. <laughs> um, now, you do work that you write for yourself, and then you do work with writers, and tell me how that balance works for you, um, kind of using different parts of your brain. Uh, it's funny, because to me it's the same part. Yeah. <laughs> There's just one part. Um, it's the way I, I see things. It's the way I think. Uh, sometimes I just, I, um, during one week or something like that, or during my travels, I, I do uh, pure sketches. Um, but it's always with an idea somewhere in my head. Uh, it's always connected to fictional characters in a way. Or um, I'm very um, sensitive to pure graphic beauty, uh, but in other people's work more than mine. I, I mean, uh, I mean, for me, it's um, it's just a way of telling stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are it's, you? And I have a very um, efficient um, drawing. I think it. I mean, it's uh, it's totally devoted to the story, to the to the reading process. Are you critical about yourself? No way. No. No, I'm not critical. I'm not uh, enthusiastic. I'm nothing like this. I just, um, um, <laughs> how do you say in English? I keep on going forward like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just uh, do things. What's your sketchbook process like, or not process, but like just having a sketchbook and what do you use it for? Um, sometimes you um, make abstract things just um, testing techniques and and um, just but you know um, Mobius just said once this f uh, famous phrase that I just 
kept in my mind. It was uh, in an interview, I think, and he said that science fiction was the best way to draw outside the inside landscapes of the characters. And by extension, you can say your own inside landscapes. So sometimes it's just pure dreams, graphic dreams, mm -hmm. and, but most of the time it's just um, exercise, you know, drawing things you see, just making your eye um, work properly, uh, pro uh, properly, yeah. So just um, uh, drawing people in waiting in airports, um, walking in the streets, um, cars, trees, etc. Um, just um, like a um, uh, like a musician, you know, just practicing. Yeah. yeah. Now, pachyderm. It's really interesting um, because it's so surreal and dreamlike, and the. And, and I'm really interested in kind of putting that world together. Um, you talked earlier about kind of improvisational component to putting it, to to doing it, uh, and I'm just wondering, kind of, um, did you have an end goal in mind, or did that one really just reveal itself as you were doing it? And what surprised you about that? Uh, I had a few impressions. I had I had a few um, themes. I wanted to work because at that time I was a, um, a huge fan of. Um, I'm, I'm, I am I'm still a huge fan, but I'm just a, I, I watched everything now. So <laughs> I was a, a huge fan of um, uh, the classic American screwball comedy. Um, all those cinema from the uh, from the, the 30s and 40s, most of the time made by um, European immigrants, in fact. <laughs> and this mix between uh, um, American, uh, something very naive like this, and the, the complexity and the, the irony of those European guy, and the mix of it is, I think it's probably the, 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 the greatest um, Hollywood cinema, and uh, I was fascinated by that. This sophistication, you know, the the witty mind, and etc. etc. And uh, I wanted to work uh, uh, around this, uh, do something like a um, romantic comedy. But of course, <laughs> it was more <laughs> complex than that. So um, I wanted to do a spy story. Also, uh, I wanted to. Uh, think about what's going on in the uh, in the mind of a uh, a woman from that time. You know, it's the the fifties in Europe. It's the it's the beginning of the the, um, the freedom of women. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I wanted to do something about Switzerland also because Switzerland is a very uh, bizarre place. <laughs> there is something. <laughs> something strange to it it's the the center of europe and it's it's neutral it's stuck between huge mountains um there is something there's a strange history also in switzerland and um i wanted to do something with all the all that ingredients but it's funny because uh Bacchiderm is in fact it's it it looks like a a dream or a, a, de a delirium, but um, it was in my mind at the beginning. It was very uh, constructed, you know. <laughs> I started, I started with the end. Uh, I had the idea of that end, um, and and I imagined the story backwards, like um, in the in the classic. Uh, uh, th thriller uh, stories, you know? Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, there were huge holes in the story when I uh, allowed myself to imagine things and and then it became that strange book. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have problems you needed to solve that you created for yourself doing it that way? Uh, like what? Like storytelling problems, like something doesn't add up or... Uh, just kind of honestly i don't i don't remember um, <laughs> yeah it was long ago um, 
probably, but to be honest, I don't remember. When did that come out in Europe? Uh, you mean uh, when it was published? Yeah. In France, uh, I don't know, 2008, something like that. Okay. Now, you grew up, you were born in Switzerland? Yeah. Um, was there, like you mentioned in your 20s and the 90s, um, you connected with friends and started a publishing house. Is there much, is there a fairly substantive cartoonist community you still connect with there in Geneva? There are a few, a few cartoonists, but we are like um, four or five people who really make a living out of it. But of course, uh, there is also Zep. Uh, who lives in Geneva? Zep is the guy who made uh, who makes the the, the little um, um, child character called Titus. You know, I don't know if you know Titus. The name's familiar. <laughs> it's funny because it's the the absolute best-selling comics in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the first one. Uh, it's for the kids. It's short, funny stories. It's very well done. Uh, but of course, very, very classic and very French in a way. Uh, I mean, French, Belgium, Swiss, and he he lives in Geneva. But that doesn't count because it's a, it's another word. He lives in a castle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we are like uh, four or five people uh, living in Geneva. Now, um, Sandcastle, you were mentioning how um, you didn't use the author's original ending. Um, and it was kind of a script screenplay like. Was it originally meant to be a comic, or? Yeah, it was meant to be a comic, but um, Pierre Oscar Levy is um, a filmmaker. Okay. Yeah, so he makes films, um, some fiction for TV, but most of the time it's documentaries. Uh, he's a very left-wing political. Uh, intellectual Parisian guy. <laughs> so he knows how, how to write a story, but he, he always uh, puts a lot of um, politics in it. And in and, and that one, in, uh, in that idea, because it was written especially for me, and he knew that I'm, um, I'm not very fond of uh, um, what you can call um, uh, theme stories or, you know, stories that want to send you a message. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's quite, um, it's quite discreet. In, um, there, there is something very political if you think about it, or especially uh, it, it talks about ecology or the relation we have with, with nature and things like that. But anyway, it's quite discreet. So, no, it was very well written. It was professionally written, as if it was for a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting story. Uh, I really got a lot out of it, just how it kind of seemed, it moved, like, it moved quickly, um, which mm -hmm. I guess is appropriate given the way the story works. I'm not going to say too much about it for folks that haven't read it. And I think that's kind of the excitement of it, I guess, is the, the mystery that doesn't really unravel itself. Now, Ama is your latest work, and it won uh, a big prize at Angoulême. Yeah. Last year. Congrats. Uh, last year, it was yeah two years ago. Two now. years. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, wait, wait. Anyway, <laughs> recently. It it feels very different than the rest of your work, um, at least from what I've been able to read in English. Yeah, that's the problem because there is um, a very. Uh, uh, big series, and, and now it's a, it's a big 400 pages book uh, called Lupus, and it was science fiction. It okay. was science fiction, but it was more, um, it was like a, 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 um, an ironic uh, play uh, game, if you will, with, with the, the genre science, uh, science fiction. Um, it was in black and white, there, there was no uh, the hero was absolutely uh, uh, not classic. <laughs> there is there is nothing like a, a classic science fiction story in it. It was more uh, um, like a 
um, and I would call it something like auto auto science fiction, something like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was Ama is absolutely not my first, um, and uh, probably in, in in the in the French world of comics, I'm I'm better known for science fiction. In fact, okay. science fiction and blue pills. So to me, or to to people who are used to my work, it's absolutely not surprising. It's pretty neat how those two are very, very, very different. Sorry, uh, say it again. Like science fiction and blue pills, like they're very different. Um, yeah, of course they look different, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they talk about um, intimate and and quite real feelings, uh, and and maybe even sometimes real events. You know, uh, real things that happened in my life, but it's just um, disguised. It's, it's transformed. Um, but um, the the main characters they are a lot of, like my own family in Ama. So it's different, but not so. Now, you're talking earlier about kind of not knowing where the story takes you and um, kind of starting kind of abstractly. And Ama yeah. seems really interesting because it seems like there's somewhere specific it's supposed to take you. Do you have yeah. that in mind, or? Yeah, of course, of course. For this, um, I wanted to, to do something big, uh, something with a, a big scale, you know. So um, uh, that that was the the, the problem with the, the the other series called Lupus. Uh, at Lupus, it was real. Uh, improvisation. It was almost like a, a surreal um, process, like the exquisite corpse, you said. Mm -hmm. oh, or, you know, when you write it automatic, automatically like this. And of course, there, there, were there was a story in it, because, uh, because I'm, I love to just tell a um, real story, to give the, the envy to the, to the reader to just turn the pages. Uh, that's uh, the, the, the main part of the, the pleasure to me. But it was, um, you know, it, it was, it started at point A, it ended at point B, it was, it was uh, more like um, uh, when you go wandering in the woods, you know, <laughs> it was something like this. There was, there, there was no uh, real climax or things like that. For Ama, it was different. I didn't write anything. I didn't write a, a, a scenario in a sense. I didn't write any dialogues or things like that. But I wrote uh, every character um, separately. So I, I knew the story, the per personal story of each character, um, the, f the family stories, the background, etc. And um, of course I had the, the end in mind uh, because it's there, there is a um, very complex structure uh, inside Ama. It's, it, it talks about a lot of things, but it also talks about uh, just time. You know, the way we we handle time, the way the way the, the relation we have we, with uh, time going on, memories, um, how how it works. Uh, and I wanted to have a complex structure with flashbacks and. Uh, the you know the, the 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 process of this guy reading his own memories mm -hmm. because he's amnesiac at the beginning and he's rereading his own diary. Um, I was interested by the, this process. You know what what do you put? Uh, what what do you keep in in your memories? Uh, what what do you forget? And how do you arrange the the reality, you know, how do you, how do you deal with reality to make it more comfortable and um, more uh, pleasant to, to yourself. And um, so I had to make a plan uh, before I started, just not to get lost in the, in the many flashbacks. And sometimes there are flashbacks inside flashbacks, so it was very complicated. So um, I had to do a, a plan and... Um, yeah, of course, I, I, I knew. It, you know, it's exactly when you, when you go on a trip uh, in a car, you know, you know you, you, you start from 
let's say you're you're American, so let's say you start from New York and you want to go to Miami, you know, <laughs> because it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, but you 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 know you won't take the highway. You just take the the the, the small um, uh, roads, and you don't know how how long it would take. Uh, you stop in a motel, and then you meet someone, and you go somewhere else. But you know that, that at the end, you will end at at Miami. So that's how it works. Um, you have uh, you have a map in your head, but you're free to take different roads. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> so, um, in the coming books, uh, will we see kind of different character stories coming up in kind of different directions being thing, or are we kind of following the main guy? Uh, you mean in armor? Yeah. No, no, you're really um, following the same guy. You, um, uh, in the next volume, you you go deeper and deeper inside his mind, and um, it, there is a play also with. Um, well, I cannot I cannot tell because okay. <laughs> you you have only read the first volume, so yeah. No, no, you're only uh, with that guy. He's the center of the story, and also what's interesting it's, uh, of course, how we how he he will change and how he he will be modified by the by the adventures there's a interesting something interesting there you're exploring um with the idea of how you um kind of deal with the situation with different emotions i guess um without having the, the that kind of memory baggage if that makes sense like you would kind of work with things in a different way with my own life you mean with, with the with the character like how he is handling the situation he's in um and without having the memory and kind of reading and figuring out where he's at he may be handling it differently than if he had all his complete memory and kind of how he's emotionally engaged with it um yeah that, that that was just what i what i explained before that's one yeah. part of the of the of the story but to me the the there are two sides in uh in ama two main themes the first one is of course uh the relationship we have with um all those communication technologies you know that are just uh taking a, a bigger and bigger part in in our life and it's changing a lot of things um, uh, but in the same time I'm, I'm not sure it it's changing so much um, there is a big marketing um, speech around all this you know but anyway we take all this we take all those changes and we never think about what it what it in implies you say yeah mm -hmm. um, so I'm very interested interested about this. You know, the, the um, for instance, uh, um, probably that a form of um, uh, classic culture is disappearing right now because we're losing precisely we're we're losing memories because uh, we're not remembering anything because everything is on the net. Yeah. So each time you have to um, find an information or find um, um, uh, um, um, an event and uh, your own memories or memories from other people. Anyway, you always go on your phone and on, on your screen. And when you don't have uh, information and history inside your own head, probably you, you're... Uh, beginning to live more and more in in the the, the the present moment, you know, and exactly like a a chimpanzee or a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure that dogs have a great culture, you know. So <laughs> probably you have to you have to connect uh, information and facts and and feelings. You have to connect all this in your brain to create something. And when everything is uh, externalized, you say, or something mm -hmm. like that. It's put uh, outside your head, 
um, it's um, very frightening in a way. It's um, yeah, to me at least. Is that you know you? So you see, I'm a, I'm a lot like the, like the main character at least at the beginning of the story. Is anyway, that's one side uh, of the of the of Ama, and the other side is it's a it's a love story. It's a love story between a father and uh, his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of a father who cannot see his daughter anymore, and he has only one goal in his life. It's just to um, be allowed to love his daughter and to help her and to save her, and etc. And part of this also... Sorry, sorry? No, go ahead. No, so it's a, I just wanted to say it's a, it's a, it's a mix. Um, like most of my books, probably, it's a mix, it's a balance between, the, between those two sides. And it, it's interesting that you have the, da- the daughter not being able to speak, um, so she can't, at least what we see in, of her in the, in the story so far, she can't express verbally. Yeah, yeah it's, of course it was interesting that the, um, the, the, the center of the story, it, she's not the main character, but she's the center of the story, and of mm-hmm. course... She, she is born in a world of pure and absolute communication, yeah. where all the brains are connected and, um, and people just live in a, in a, in a uh, virtual world all the time. Uh, reality has just uh, disappeared in a way. Um, and of course, a, a form of, of beauty and ugliness and violence and poetry has disappeared and and she she's born in that world and and she's of course absolutely different because she she has a what we uh, what what you can call um, autism or we say autism en français i don't know the word uh, in it's um, autism autism you know yeah. and and who could be uh, which could be defined as um, the malady, the, 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 the disease, the illness of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting to me, but because, because that character, he wants to live, I mean, uh, Verloc, the, the main character, he wants to live differently. He, he wants to live um, in a natural and antique way. So uh, he, he gives birth, or uh, not, he, not he, but uh, his wife, of course, but in a way he gives birth to um, a, a different child lost uh, in the wrong in the wrong time, mm-hmm. and he himself and, is in the wrong. And it's going to be the center of the story. I mean, there is a reason to this, of course. Yeah. Sorry. And well, to say uh, him being a a bookseller in this odd future um, where yeah. books are kind of an abstract idea. Yeah, it's it's anyway. not future, it's present. <laughs> <laughs> it is present. Mm-hmm. Nobody reads books anymore. <laughs> and I'm not sure that that anybody ever read books, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> because it has always been... You know, well, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I, I just um, uh, saw the, the, the sale numbers of... Uh, of uh, Proust, uh, à, la, uh, à la recherche du temps perdu, um, uh, uh, you know Proust, of course, the, yeah. the French writer from the, yeah, um, and he's he's one of the the most important writer in the, in, in the history of humanity. And uh, à la recherche du temps perdu, it was uh, something like a it's a few thousand copies sold when he was when he was um, alive. So even at that time, nobody read books. In fact. <laughs> But of, of course, it's like a, it's like a caricature, and and um, uh, yeah, the, it's just to, it's just to make it obvious that this guy is totally disconnected, and he's proud of it. Uh, he lives in a in a fantasy. He 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 wanted to to live in a, in the Italian Renaissance or the, the the Greek with the Greek philosophers. He lives in a dream. Now, is that important for you in your own life um, to not be too connected? Because I know we're on the phone right now because you don't have the internet in your studio. 
Um, yeah, no, no, it, it has nothing to do with uh, with fear of technology. Not not uh, not having internet at my studio. It's just a way of. Um, uh, I work better that way because it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. Because uh, internet is, um, it's, um, of course, an amazing thing, uh, and I use it all the time. I'm not, I'm not at all uh, um, like the main character. I mean, he's he's a lot more um, dogmatic. He's a lot more radical than me. You know, uh, I just, I'm just thinking about it. And I don't have internet here because uh, it can be amazing, but it's also the the most powerful distraction machine we invented. <laughs> and um, so th- that's it. I, I I prefer to to be totally cut from everything and um, uh, to be concentrated on my work. Um, but when I go home, you know, I will I will go. Uh, on the internet, of course, and read my mails and surf on the internet like anybody. So, uh, but I'm just um, um, I try to be critical. You know, I yeah. try to just think about it and think think on on what it, it implies in everyday life. Um, we are probably gaining a lot of things and losing a lot of things, and it has always been like that in the history of of humankind. So. Um, we just invent tools, and uh, and then we become the slaves of our own tools. Uh, it was like this with the with the wheel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it all started with the wheel and the fire. So it has always always been like that. But it's interesting. It's an interesting process, and uh, the question of the the. Uh, the, the purity of humanity, the purity of the human mind, uh, is um, an interesting question to me. Yeah, you're, ask, you're asking questions that you don't really know if there will ever be a particular answer for. Yeah, of course. That's the most interesting questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in, 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 in God, you know, and uh, all those... But to me, it's just a um, interesting, interesting um, fairy tales, and it's uh, of course a, a big part of my um, Western culture. And and I know uh, the history of religion because of because I'm interested in the history of art. So I have to understand religion to understand art. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to create my own philosophy and mythology. And it's a mix of um, different readings and and pop culture and everything. And I mix all this to just try to solve things, solve big questions, you know, because I don't have God to help me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how it works. I've talked to friends who do uh, science fiction comics, and one of the things they've talked about is how... Um, doing science fiction is a way of kind of resolving their own anxieties of the world they're in currently? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But in a way, science fiction to me, it has always been more um, uh, the most extreme um, way of escaping, escaping reality. It's a, to me, it's a, the, 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 the science fiction stories I like most I like the most is, are the, the the travel stories. In fact, uh, it's this, when when people travel from planet to planet or from minds to minds or whatever. But I'm not very fond of the um, the Philip K. Dick side. You know, mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the the Ray Bradbury side, <laughs> or at least the the Martian Chronicles and things like that. Uh, who, it's yeah, it's um, very close to dreams and um, uh, strange and complex feelings. Um, it's close to childhood also, in a way. Um, and I'm a big fan of the uh, the science fiction writers from the from uh, Eastern Europe, like uh, uh, Stanislav Lem or um, Russian, Polish people like that, and they're they're less interested in um, creating new worlds 
and universe and um, and and uh, you know the, the the Star Wars the Star Wars or Star Trek uh, thing. Uh, they're more interested in nightmarish, uh, strange visions. <laughs> that's that's the, the thing I'm I'm uh, I'm fond of. Yeah, but also I like stories. So I have to find the right balance between uh, pure uh, sensorial visions and um, and the, the, the and the, and classic stories. I mean, uh, I like to create characters, suspense, fightings, um, cool dialogues, and etc. So I always try to. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's like walking. Uh, it's a left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, <laughs> <laughs> and and going on like this. Yeah. And trying not to fall. <laughs> <laughs> I think that gives us a good note to end on. Um, okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Frederick. Reminder, folks, I've been talking to uh, Frederick Pages. Um, his latest book is, as we were just discussing, Ama from uh, Self-Made Hero, as well as Pachyderm and Blue Pills. And then with other folks, there's Sandcastle and Coma. Um, thank you so much, Frederick. Thank you. My pleasure.
Gotta go now. 